Welcome to the Healing Space. Brandon Harris Williams. Uh, Raven's not here this week. I think he's somewhere getting his back blown out. You know, if you're the lucky misfit that's doing that to him, I support it. You know, y'all live y'all best life. <laughs> he won't be here. He'll be back next week, though. Maybe, unless, you know, he blowing the back out. I don't know what he's going to be doing. He's living his best life. <laughs> so I'm doing the episode all by myself this week. You know, so we're going to go and see how this goes. Uh, a little nervous, but we're going to just keep it moving, you know? So, I'll start my weekend. Um, this past weekend was pretty uh, chill, pretty low-key for me. I worked Friday evening, and then going into Saturday, I was up for a minute. Um, procrastinating, I was supposed to be getting some writing done. That didn't really happen. I was watching TV, listening to music. I think I cooked. I did, like, everything but write. So then I finally <laughs> went to sleep. And woke up, uh, and then I just kind of hung out for a minute. Originally, I was going to come up to Atlanta for the weekend, um, but I was looking at my funds, and I was like, um, the amount of bills I still have to pay plus the check I'm getting is not really going to work. And then I didn't realize until it was too late that I had miscalculated my money, that I'm actually getting more money than I thought I was. But by that point, I had canceled my Atlanta plans for the weekend. So I was like, I'll just find something to do in bacon. So I ended up hanging out with my friends, Janae and uh, Elijah. We went out to eat dinner, um, and it was like the worst dining experience I might have ever had. Um, the kitchen, I think, was backed up. The server was really new. He, like, kept bothering us, kept bothering us at first for, like, our drink order and our food order. And so he'd come over, like, every five minutes. We didn't know yet. We were still kind of talking and taking our, our time. Finally, the ter- third time he came over, we finally ordered our food. So then he put in our orders, but then he like disappeared. We didn't get our appetizers. It was like almost an hour before we probably saw him again. He would come over and talk to other tables, but weren't talk- wasn't talking to us. He had these crazy looking drawn on eyebrows. So I couldn't really look him in the face to even give him my order. I was trying not to laugh the whole time. So uh, my friend Janae, she was over it. So she was like, I'm not even going to talk to him anymore. I just need to speak to the manager, wherever that person is. She was on her, her care and stuff. So... <laughs> the manager finally came over She like fixed everything for us Everything finally came out um, Me and Elijah hadn't eaten all day So we were just kind of hungry We didn't really care What the other issue was Janae was over it though She got her food in a go container And she was like I'm not even going to eat this here I don't even want it anymore right now So thankfully our meals were kind of You know comped a little bit We still had to pay something But it wasn't too much Again I didn't really care Because I was hungry So I was like I don't, As long as I look at him in his eyebrows I was fine so we finally ate and we went back to Janae's place. We played cards. Um, we drank a little bit. We played Uno and talked and chilled. And so that was fun. Eventually I got sleepy and so I was like, yeah, I'm going to see y'all later. I'm getting old. So I'm just go to the house and get in the bed. And so I went home and so I was asleep maybe by 1, 1.30. But somehow I got up by 4.30. I don't know what really is going on. And today's Sunday at about... 5 30 p.m and i've been up since then so i really don't know what life is so <laughs> that's pretty much been my weekend so far um i do want to hop right on into the culture of pop so today my bad so as of today uh which is august the 5th yeah uh black panther is supposed to gross by the end of business today black panther should gross over 700 million domestically which is a really huge thing. I didn't even know the movie was still out in theaters. I don't know who has not seen this movie by now. It's on like its 170th day in the movie theaters. And I'm like, why when it's, you know what I'm saying, been out for you to buy it for months now? Like, because Civil War is already out now for you to buy. So I'm like, why 
I mean, not Civil War, Infinity War. So I'm like, who hasn't bought Black Panther yet or seen it? Hell, myself, I saw it four times at the movie theaters. So I don't know what people are doing. But they're still going to see it, apparently. So when it hits that $700 million mark domestically, it'll be third behind um, Avatar and then Star Wars The Force Awakens, which is adjusted for, infl- uh, adjusted for inflation. So it uh, that will make it the biggest solo ho- solo superhero movie uh, which is bigger than any Batman or any Bond movie. And so I think it just really goes to show how big representation is. Because I think a lot of people probably underestimated the movie. A lot of people probably didn't think it was going to do as well as it did. Um, they tried to do... I mean, it was definitely marketed well. And it definitely was placed well in the MCU. Um, the close to Infinity War or whatever. But I'm sure there were folks who thought who were doubters, of course. But this movie has continued to prove folks wrong. And continue to prove how important it is that people see themselves represented. Or people see themselves like it needs to be more than just straight white men in movie theaters. Or in movies, period. Because that's not the whole demographic that's going to see movies. And so go, speaking along the same lines with that representation. Uh, Crazy Rich Asians, uh, which was based on the book. is supposed to be coming out. I don't know the exact release date. I forgot to look that up. But um, it's coming out. And this is another movie that's important about representation. Because it'll be the first... Um, well, it's the first studio movie with Asian-American leads in 25 years since the Joy Luck Club. So it's a pretty big thing. I think this is another movie, too, where a lot of things are riding on this movie to do well, to do successful. Because a lot of times when it's the first of its kind or if it's the first of its kind in a long time, it's like if this movie does so well, then, you know, what I'm saying it opens the door for other Asian-American or just Asian movies in general to do well that are outside of the martial arts or outside of the um, time period realm. And so I think there's a lot of, you know what I'm saying, um, weight placed on it. And I think that sucks a lot of times because the first movie or the first show or the first whatever it is has to do so well to open the doors. I think that it sometimes you can get bogged up in trying to support it just for supporting sake. Or you can get bogged up in like it, this isn't the best movie, but I still feel like I have to go see it. And so I do hope it's a good movie. But it also too reminded me that like as far back or as much of a struggle as black people have to go. Other minorities are even further behind than we are. So I, it just kind of really reminded me of that. I like Because I, I'm always pushing to see more black stuff. Because, I mean, I'm black. So it's what I want to see. And so it just reminded me that other people still have further to go than we are. And so I do really kind of... It is good when all minorities kind of can get together and support each other and to go out there for each other. And the release date is actually August the 15th. So it'll be out in like 10 days. But actually... Eight days after y'all listen to this on Tuesday. So, yeah. So, also, though, along the same lines of representation, I don't know how we missed it uh, last week, um, Raven and I, but we forgot to discuss Kid Fury of The Read. Um, he has an HBO show that's in development. Um, it's executive produced by Lena Waithe. And so, it is a surreal dark comedy that follows Greg. He's a tw- 20-something sarcastic gay black man navigating adulthood and responsibility in New York City while struggling to wrap his head around his undiagnosed clinical depression it definitely sounds um like something i want to see something we haven't seen enough of i know that there's a lot of talk online especially twitter at least you know i'm saying about going to therapy about you know i'm saying doing the self the self-care and self-work and all of that and so i think it's important to still see those images also on tv because it does really help to normalize therapy it helps to normalize doing the self-work to get yourself better I think especially, too, with someone who is who has the success that Kid Fury does coming from the read, seeing them come, you know, what I'm saying from doing YouTube to comedy shows, all those things to see you seeing somebody just grind and put in the work to see them, it finally pay off or to see it finally start to happen in a big way. 
again with the Easter rays or also like people I've been following like Lena Waithe online for a long time seeing them hustle for so long or seeing them post do different things and grow up and graduate to the next level it's always a good thing so I'm really really excited about that um, I just have to remind myself though that it's just a development so far and I know like HBO and Showtime normally take a very very long time with developing stuff because Insecure was developed in development for like three years I think before we finally saw a trailer or anything so we just have to be patient I'm hoping that we do get this show and that um, I know we'll all enjoy it when it does come out but I just have to remind myself to be patient so that's sometimes why I hate when they announce stuff that's like developed in development or stuff that's like a pilot because it's like it might not get picked up and I'm not wishing that on his show at all but I just hate sometimes when we get news about certain shows and then it's like well where'd the show go when is it coming oh it's not coming because they never give you the announcement that it didn't get picked up they just tell you oh the show is coming and then two or three years go by and you're like so did we forget about the show are we not doing the show so yeah so slightly still in the TV world, um, but not really sort of kind of. So there's been talk about a living single reboot. Um, Erica Alexander posted, I think about last week on her Instagram, she was typing on her laptop. Erica Alexander played Maxine Shaw on living single for those who don't know. Um, and she was saying, anybody want to reboot? And I think she either hashtag living single had on living single hat, something crazy. And then um, Kim Cole's, was talking to entertainment tonight um and she was saying that next month uh september there's supposed to be some kind of a reboot ish kind of a thing and so i'm thinking the thing next month will probably be just something special for the 25th anniversary which i don't mind if it's like a cute little special a sit down we can do some flashbacks that's fine i think an actual reboot should be left alone and not even just and I love living single I think it's an amazing show that's great I would love to see you know what I'm saying all of the characters and the actors working that's fine I think some stuff just needs to be left alone and I think that this is just honestly a lot of black shows I don't want to see rebooted a different world is probably the only one I want to see a continuation of but I don't want to see any of the original cast as a main character anymore but with living single I feel like they told the story they needed to tell. And if we meet them 25 years later, they shouldn't be single anymore. So what are we, we're living married? We're living married with children. What are we, why, what are we doing? And why are we doing it on my TV? I just don't understand. Um, there's nothing wrong with a living single-ish type of show, Insecure. You know, so we don't need that again. Um, but I'm just really tired of the reboots in general. And I don't know who to be mad at. I don't know if I should be mad at the studios. I don't know if I should be mad at the networks. I don't know if I should be mad at the the fans, myself included, for watching some of these because I feel like there's so much new original content. And of course, nothing is new under the sun. So there always will be comparisons to stuff that's already come before it. But we don't need to go back and pull all of these other random ass shows. Like they're talking about rebooting ALF. I'm like, who's, who cares? They're talking about rebooting Facts of Life. For what? Like Murphy Brown is being rebooted. And it's crazy because Murphy Brown went off the air in like 99, 2000. And that's not even a show anybody even talks about. Like, nobody ever. Like, all of these other shows they've, they've rebooted, at least have I've had more of a conversation. Now, granted, Alf is random as hell. But, like, Murphy Brown, I'm like, of all of the shows that y'all could have possibly entertained rebooting, and that's the one that you picked. Because, hell, it's coming back this fall, and I've heard nobody mention anything. And I don't know if it's just the demographic is not my Twitter people that I follow. I don't know if... I, I I just don't understand why we're doing this. I really want it to end. And so 
I did see somebody tweet something that I think I've discussed maybe on here before. I'm on the healing space or I at least have told Raven we've talked about it at least offline. How I feel like a lot of these reboots are really just kind of to kind of combating the the diversity push that's kind of happening in the entertainment industry right now. It's kind of like we're going to bring back all of this older white stuff. Now, I do know living single is not white. I do understand facts of life at 2D. I, I get that. There are examples where there has there have been diversity. But I feel like a lot of these shows is like. Instead of trying to create something new or fresh or to be more representative of everybody who's watching, we're just going to bring back a lot of the older stuff. And you don't need to do that. Like, it tarnishes the legacy. You can't live up to whatever you did before. Um, I mean, you can hire all those actors to do something else because you can always make nods to the older stuff. Because anytime you see those actors who are on those successful shows together, you automatically think of the original show. So it doesn't need to be whoever 30 years later like let them let let it rest because a lot of shows got the ending that they needed or an ending that we have made closure with so we don't need you fucking shit up 30 years 20 years 10 years later um so um changing topics so i discussed uh briefly the whitney um documentary that came out i guess about a month or so ago um when we did the live the last live and um i just how i enjoyed it how i felt like it was nice um but in the documentary there was the um the allegations came out or it was revealed that whitney houston and her brother uh gary houston were molested as children by dd warwick who is the sister of dion warwick and so this past week dion um she slams the claims that the abuse happened she said, first of all, it's totally hogwash. My sister would never, ever have done anything to do any harm to any child, especially within our family. And for those lies to be perpetuated in this so-called documentary film, I think it's evil. And um, Sissy Houston has also kind of said similar things, because apparently Sissy and Dion didn't know that the allegations or that it was even revealed in the documentary until a few days before the documentary premiered. So I feel like that's very, the fact that they didn't know until right before it premiered, is bad on the director's part or the producer's part because they should have been informed. Like, you don't need to learn something like that about your family member, your child, but right before the whole world knows because you don't have time to process it for yourself. That's one. I do feel like um, there's nothing wrong with sharing your truth. I just don't know if, at least for Gary Houston, if I personally wouldn't have shared that in a documentary if I haven't told other people that I'm close to. I don't know if I would have been personally that comfortable. And again, there's nothing wrong with sharing it. And I think if he's never said it, then he might feel a little bit weight off of him if he's been carrying it around for like 30, 40 years. So I do applaud him in that. I just don't know if a documentary is the time and the place to say that. Um, I also think it speaks to with Deanna Sissy not wanting to believe it, it. It kind of reinforces why victims don't come forward. Because I understand that you don't want to believe that your family member could do something like that. And they might have been nice or you might have never had an issue with them. But that doesn't mean that they didn't have their faults or their issues also. They could have very well been the nicest person you knew, but also a monster when it came to children or somebody who took advantage of children. And, you know, her, with Dee Dee um, Warwick being gone, I can't remember when she passed away, but she's been gone for a minute. So I understand you not wanting to completely think of her in a whole new light. Well, you've already made peace, you know, saying with her death, with her life. And then I, I 
it's just very complicated. And I, I can understand why they wouldn't want to believe it. But I think that you have to allow yourself to see people to be fault, to have fault within them. And you have to be able to see, you know what I'm saying? They're not as perfect maybe as you thought you were, or that they are, you know what I'm saying? People are just imperfect. And so you just have to be able to see that and to recognize that. Okay, so um, normally we don't discuss this particular person on the healing space. We kind of leave him to more of the social justice warriors, more of the people who are super uber involved in politics and love to debate. Now, granted, Raven loves politics himself, but we just kind of normally don't highlight this particular person, um, Mr. Cheeto Man. Um, So this past week, he met with a bunch of black pastors, well, mostly black pastors, um, they were supposed to be discussing, you know, prison reform and fixing urban culture and on and on and blase, blase, whatever. A bunch of bullshit, it sounds like. Um, I think it's a bunch of bullshit because it's he uh, during his time running for office and during his time in office, he has not given us any indication that he's open to criticism, open to new ideas. That he's open to helping anybody who's other than what he is in any way, shape, form or fashion. So not helping any women, not helping any gay white men, any just just anybody. So people who aren't wearing toupees, you know, just anybody. And so it's not even confusing because they're mostly mega church pastors. So it's like so you clearly have an agenda or something that you're trying to pull. You're trying to get something else on the back end or something secret to happen for you or some kind of leverage for yourself or for maybe just your church or whatever that will only help and benefit you won't benefit everybody. And I think that some of them might have good intentions, but I do think that they should be smart enough to know that that's not the person that they should go through or that they can work with to accomplish anything they're trying to do. I also think too, that with them being um, pastors um, specifically over, over mega churches, it also helps to kind of reinforce and continue to give um, Christianity and churches a bad name. And I'm not necessarily defending churches, but I think that people already have such a bad taste in their mouths about them, and especially with mega churches, that it's kind of like, so why would you even, of all the people to talk to, want to do that? And then one of the pastors went so far, um, Darnell Scott went so far as to say that, um, He's the most pro-black president I've seen in my lifetime. This president actually wants to prove something to our community, our faith-based community, and our ethnic, commu- ethnic community. The last president didn't feel like he had to. He feels like um, he feels like he didn't have to. He got a pass. It's like I, you feel like this particular person that we have now is the most pro-black in your lifetime. So you were been sleep your whole lifetime. I don't. This is the least I. I just, I don't, there's nothing positive to say about this person in office. And I don't know why you would fix your mouth to say that other than the fact that you are on the payroll. Because he actually does work um, for the man in office. So it's like, what are you even doing? It, it just is, it's stupid. It's pointless. I don't understand why. And yeah. That's all. I just wanted to share that with y'all in case y'all didn't know. Because it's, that's the stupidity of the week. Um, on a much, much lighter note, uh, back to TV, um, American Horror Story is doing season eight, I do believe, and it'll be um, American Horror Story Apocalypse. It'll be a crossover season between Murder House and Coven, and so I'm going to watch. I was telling Raven, he was like, that's because you're gay. 
And I was like, kiss my black ass, you nappy-headed bitch. And I'm going to tune in. Um, Just Kalang is going to be back, but it'll only be for one episode. So don't get your hopes up too high. Don't be too excited. Um, I am excited to see because I did enjoy Coven. I did try to watch Murder House, but I don't normally do scary stuff. So I made it like three episodes in. And I was like, this shit is scary for real. So I might have to find me like a cuddle buddy or something. And then I'll be able to make it through the whole season and enjoy and tweet with everybody else. And it'll be all good. So, yeah. And now uh, for my good news of the week. Um, This past week, I had a very, very productive week just with doing a bunch of different adult stuff. Um, Like take care of some stuff financially, making running some errands, doing some calls, um, getting some writing done. So I'm just really proud of me because I've been trying to be a lot more productive with my writing, um, work a lot more with getting stuff done um, because I'm doing the writer's group. So make sure that I have stuff turned in on time. I didn't necessarily start off the best with turning it in on time. So I'm trying to improve as the weeks go on and really get it back into my daily uh, routine so I can actually make sure stuff is done. So when contests and different things come up, I can submit or when opportunity presents itself, I'm ready for that opportunity. Um, so I'm just really looking forward to continuing to write and continuing to just stay on my stuff with my adulting. Um, cause this is just hard. Like, I'm like, like these, this bills, like when they all in your name, what is this life? I'm still not used to that. Like what are, why are we doing this? If I could just find like a sugar daddy, sugar mama, I'm not discriminating. You can DM me. I'm really not going to do nothing, but just text you, but you can still DM me and I will, you can pay my cash app. That's fine. You know what? You only have to DM me. It's just call me Otis. So that's fine. That's fine. We only have to talk. And I, I thank you. So, Miss <laughs> Miss, if y'all want to DM, I mean, send the cash app. Or if you know somebody want to send the cash app, you could do that. I accept all donations. I'm not stingy. Well, I'm stingy. I'm not picky. That's what I meant to say. Thank you. Also, <laughs> some other good news is uh, next week is the fifth Black Queer and Unapologetic. So make sure that you listen for that. I'm very, very excited. Those are always a lot of fun. Um, Just a very, very good time. So this by myself was kind of, you know, it was different. Um, I was like speed talking in the beginning. So, you know, next time I do it by myself, I'll be better. I'll talk a little bit slower. I won't quite, you know, be monotone, but we're going to pace ourselves. So you can walk with me uh, on Twitter and on Instagram at Just Call Me Otis. You can walk with Raven on uh, all social media platforms. He is Scorpiogi. And um, if you want to see any of the past uh, lives that we've done on the, his YouTube or the YouTube channel is Revolution LLC. That's Revolution with an A. So it'll be Revolution LLC. You can catch up on all the past lives and tune in and check those out. Um, and then the healing space Instagram is THS podcast on Twitter. It's underscore THS podcast. Let me do the tease like Raven does, <laughs> or you go to THS podcast.com and then you can find us on overcast, Apple podcast, Google play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Make sure that you listen, that you like, that you subscribe, that you comment, that you tell a friend, tell a friend that you share. Um, we appreciate each and every one of you that listens regularly. We appreciate everybody that listens maybe just once or twice. As long as you listen and you got something out of it, then we're happy about that. Because the healing space is multiple ways to heal. Like today was just culture of pop. And so you can laugh. You can be informed. You can think about, you know, different things maybe going on in your life that related to anything that I might have said. 
and so just as long as you're getting your healing in whatever way that is that's the only reason that we're doing this is to help you guys and help ourselves so again thank you for listening to the healing space my name is brandon harris williams hope you've been healed today